0: Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 373 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of our Locked On rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. And that song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You guys can check them out anywhere you get your music. And today, I want to talk a little bit more about the Rangers' ongoing search for a new head coach. There's been some... Somewhat related news regarding the Rangers search because uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets have now hired a new head coach. I'll explain why that's relevant to the Rangers in just a second. Something else we're going to get into today is a little bit more Stanley Cup playoff talk. The Vegas Golden Knights, of course... Eliminated the Avalanche in six games last night. They lost the first two games of the series. They rallied to win the next four, and our semifinals are now set. And I'll also talk a little bit about uh, the Hart Trophy candidates. I think there's a pretty obvious winner, but I'll at least touch upon that at the end of the show today as well. But first and foremost, let's go ahead and talk about uh, the news that the Columbus Blue Jackets have hired a new head coach, and that's going to be Brad Larson. Uh, Larson is has been an assistant coach for the Columbus Blue Jackets for the past seven seasons. And the reason why this is relevant to the Rangers is that a potential landing spot, that being the Columbus Blue Jackets, has now been taken off the table for any of the potential head coaching candidates that the Rangers are looking for. So overall, I got to think that this is good news for the Rangers because none of the prime candidates to eventually become the next Ranger head coach are going to be heading to Columbus. It's nothing against Brad Larson, but I... Got to be honest, I've barely heard of Brad Larson, and I don't know that the Rangers really had any interest in him. It's not like one of the Rangers' uh, top choices, top candidates, any of the favorites to become the next head coach to the New York Rangers spurned them to instead coach the Columbus Blue Jackets. I've talked to some of you guys and, and heard from some of you about who your favorite candidate is. I mean, there's a lot of love for Jared Gallant. A couple of you like Rick Tockett. There's some love for John Tortorella. Some people may be looking for a reunion there. Of course, Rod Brindamore. His name is kind of in the hat now as well, although I do kind of remain skeptical. I think he's going to end up uh, remaining with the Carolina Hurricanes. But I didn't hear from a single one of you that wanted Brad Larson to become the next head coach of the New York Rangers. And that's nothing against Larson. Again, he might end up having a phenomenal head coaching career with the Columbus Blue Jackets. But overall, I do think this is good news for pretty much all of us because, again, I don't think the Rangers were ever linked to Brad Larson. I don't think there were really any Ranger fans that were pounding their fists on the table and saying that they need Brad Larson to be the next head coach of the New York Rangers. So I think this is all good news. Like I said, it's just another uh, head coaching vacancy that is now off the table. Columbus got their guy. They're going to go with Brad Larson, and the Rangers still have their pick of the litter here. I think it's at the point where the Rangers can basically just pick whoever they want to be their new head coach, because I talked a little bit about this, I believe it was in yesterday's episode, but there aren't that many head coaching vacancies, and now Columbus is off the table, and really all that's left is the Seattle Kraken, they need a a coach for their expansion season, and the Arizona Coyotes have a vacancy. The team that I forgot to mention, although technically they don't have a vacancy right now, but it's the Buffalo Sabres, Uh, I do know that they have an interim head coach right now, that being Don Granado, but I think the prevailing thought there is that eventually the Sabres are going to go in a different direction, that they will look to bring in somebody else to be their head coach next season. But even if you throw Buffalo into the mix here, I still think out of all these teams, uh, the Rangers by far have the most desirable landing destination when you just look at the fact that, first of all, it's New York City, so you're in the spotlight. It's obviously a very historic team, and original six team, but beyond all that, it's by far the best, most exciting roster of any of these teams uh, that have a head coaching vacancy. Now, Seattle, a little bit of a wild card because obviously if you're the head coach there, you're taking over an expansion team. Obviously, you'll have a hand in the expansion draft and you get to kind of just build a team your way. You get to build it from scratch and do things the way you want to do it there. Not to mention, it's, it's pretty cool, I'm sure, for any of these head coaching candidates to become the first head coach in an expansion team's history. But Be that as it may, I still think the Rangers definitely have the most desirable landing spot when you look top to bottom at the players that they're going to be returning, all the talent that the Rangers have, uh, both on the NHL roster and also in the pipeline. And as for the Sabres, again, you know, I mean, I'm sure somebody is going to get an opportunity to be a head coach, and, you know, best of luck to them there. But I don't see them as being that highly desirable of a landing spot for any of these head coaching candidates because, I mean, think about the roster. You've got underperforming, underpaid veterans, you've got young guys who aren't developing at the rate that I'm sure Sabres fans would like to see, and you've got a superstar who doesn't want to be there. So I don't see any way possible that Buffalo would be a more coveted head coaching position than the Rangers could offer. So yeah, that's kind of where things stand. Uh, But we're going to talk into whether or not I believe pressure could be starting to build on the Rangers as far as whether or not it's about time to pull the trigger and uh, pick a head coach. We're going to be talking about all that, that entire situation in just a second here. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Wealthfront. Stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun. But if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. Team up with Wealthfront instead. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. That's W E A L T H F R O N T dot com slash locked on NHL to start growing your savings. Go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL and get started today. So, I think a question that a lot of Ranger fans probably have right now, you know, just going by social media and whatnot is exactly how close are the Rangers to picking a new head coach? And it's very difficult to say. I mean, we could get news of a new head coach over the weekend. We could still be a month away. Maybe we could even be more than a month away. It's hard to really know for sure and put your finger on it and kind of get inside the head of Chris Shuri and, and know exactly what's going on, how close he is, uh, who his favorites are. Is he picking between two guys? Does he want to get a chance to talk to Rod Brindamore? Uh, is he lukewarm to certain candidates that we think are favorites? I mean, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of questions that can be asked. As of right now, The only two candidates that we know for sure that have interviewed with the Rangers are Jared Gallant and Rick Tockett. Now that doesn't mean that no one else is interviewed. Uh, We've also heard reports that Chris Jury was definitely going to take his time with this, but it is worth pointing out at this point, I think in all fairness here that, you know, David Quinn was fired almost exactly a month ago. Now that's not an enormous amount of time. And obviously this is a big, big decision here because whoever the next head coach of the Rangers is, they're going to be in lockstep with Chris Jury for several years going forward. You would have to think so Jury and the rest of the Ranger brass, they have to make sure they get the right guy, they have to make sure they make the right decision here, but a month, you know, that is enough time to do some interviews, to talk it all over, and come away with a decision, and reach out your hand, say congratulations, you're the new head coach of the New York Rangers. Now, I mentioned this, I alluded to this a little bit earlier in the episode, I don't think there's a ton of pressure on the Rangers to act quickly, simply because once again, there just aren't that many head coaching vacancies, and I think the Rangers, once again, by far the most desirable landing destination of any of the head coaching vacancies that exist right now. I think they're more desirable than the Coyotes, more desirable than the Sabres, assuming that they don't go with their interim coach, and probably more desirable than the Kraken. I mean, again, Kraken, a little bit of a wild card, but I still think you'd rather pick the Rangers than, uh, you know, go to Seattle and and have to build a team from scratch, given the enormous amount of talent that the Rangers have on their roster. So, again, I don't think there's a ton of pressure. I think at this point the Rangers can basically just sit back and choose and say, you know, so-and-so, you're our new coach. I don't think anybody's going to turn them down and say, no, you know what, I'm really holding out. I hope that I'm going to get that Arizona Coyotes job. I don't see that happening. To me, the Rangers clearly hold all the cards in their hands, However, I will say this about the Rangers, because yes, they seem like they're in a position to take their time if that's indeed what they want to do, but you don't want to wait too long or it's going to come off as being indecisive and not fully committed to whomever you end up choosing. Like, you know, say it ends up being Jared Golan. Let's just use him as an example here. But let's also say that the Rangers don't make it official. They don't tell Gallant that he's their guy until, say, the end of July. Again, just throwing out some hypotheticals, just using some kind of random examples here. And I don't think it'll take that long. I do think the Rangers will pick a coach before the end of July. But again, just using it as an example. Questions, if if that happens, questions are inevitably going to rise. And they're going to be fair questions to bring up, if you're a reporter for this team, if you're a fan of this team, whatever it might be, uh, those questions are going to be, you know, what took you guys so long? You know, was Jared Gallant really your guy? Is he really the guy that you trust to lead this team to where it wants to go? And do you really see him as a Stanley Cup championship coach? Or was he just kind of who you settled on because he just happened to be the best guy available? Those would all be fair questions if this head coaching search drags on for a whole lot longer, and I don't think we're there yet. It has just been a month since David Quinn was fired, but, you know, another couple of weeks of this, and it's going to look like the Rangers are hesitating and being indecisive and, uh, you know, just not fully committed to whomever they end up picking. Now, of course— Like we mentioned yesterday, it is at least possible that the Rangers are kind of feeling out the Rod Brindamore situation, and they would like to see if he's going to end up being available. And as a side note here, it's probably a good thing that the Hurricanes were knocked out of the playoffs a couple of days ago, because if they were still in it, and they were in the semifinals right now the Rangers would have to wait at least another week and a half until they could even talk to him. And that's assuming that the Hurricanes would lose in this round and lose fairly early in this round. You know, if it's a long series, it could go seven games. Uh, the Canes could potentially beat the Islanders if they were still in it, and then they're in the Stanley Cup Finals, and then you still can't talk to Rod Brindamore. So if you're a Rangers fan and you want Rod Brindamore, you're probably liking the fact that, you know, the Hurricanes were knocked out of the playoffs. Not to mention the fact that the farther the Hurricanes go in the playoffs, the more you would have to think that he would want to stay with the Carolina Hurricanes and the more the Hurricanes would do everything in their power to try to keep him. I mean, if he were to win the Stanley Cup this season, I don't think he's going to the Rangers. So just food for thought there. Probably for the better that the Hurricanes got knocked out in the second round and didn't advance any further than they did. Once again, if you're holding out hope or if you believe that the Rangers are holding out hope, that Rod Brindamore could be available and he could be their guy and he could end up being the next head coach of the New York Rangers. Like I said yesterday, I think he's number two on my wish list. I'm still going to put Jerry Gallant number one. But yeah, you know what? Given the success that Rod Brendamore has had with the Carolina Hurricanes, if the Rangers feel like they can make a run at him, I would totally understand that. Brendan Moore has been a fantastic coach for the Carolina Hurricanes, it must be said. And once again, I'm okay with the Rangers wanting to do their due diligence and consider as many coaching candidates as they can. But it could create a little bit of an awkward situation because if the Rangers try, – let's say they try to pursue Rod Brindamore because the Kane season is over, Brindamore's contract is up. But let's say the Rangers go after Rod Brindamore. They interview him. They say, yeah, man, you know, we'd really love to have you here. You're our guy. You're our top choice, this, that, and the other thing. And then Rod Brindamore ends up staying with the Carolina Hurricanes anyway. That's not going to be a good situation because then the Rangers would have to go back to Jared Gallant or even one of the other candidates and say, oh, well, you know, We couldn't get Rod Brindamore, so I guess you'll do. Yeah, it's a little bit of an awkward situation, don't you think? And look, I mean, these people are all adults. They're all professionals. So even if something like that did happen, where the Rangers pursue Rod Brindamore, and they don't get him, and then they had to go back to the well to either Jared Gallant or Rick Tockett or John Tortorella, whoever it might be, uh, I would like to think that the Rangers front office, Chris Jury and everybody else, as well as whoever the next Ranger head coach would be that those guys could all get around it and they could all move forward and say, okay, let's take this team to where it needs to go. But yeah, I mean, if it transpires the way that I just laid out, then I do think it would be a little bit of an odd, kind of awkward start to whomever becomes the next coach of the New York Rangers. So just food for thought there. Uh, We'll see where this thing goes. Once again, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, I don't know. I would think that probably within about two weeks, the Rangers would have a new head coach. And all I'm doing there is just a gut feeling. I don't have any inside intel or anything like that. I just think that they're going to wrap this search up sooner rather than later and not let it drag on for too long. I think by that time, we'll probably know whether Rod Brindamore is coming to the Rangers or whether he's going to stay with the Hurricanes. And that being the case, you know, I don't know. Maybe if Rod Brindamore is the Rangers' top choice, then they'll reach some sort of finality there. Either they get him or they don't, and then they can pick one of the other guys. But again, it is a little bit of an odd situation. And I don't know if Rod Brindamore is Chris Jury's top choice, but if he is and he doesn't get him... And it becomes public knowledge that, yeah, the Rangers were going after Rod Brindamore. Then whoever comes in, it is a little bit of an odd situation for whoever the next coach would be, whether it's Jared Gallant or anybody else uh, on the list of candidates to become the next head coach of the New York Rangers. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bilt Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors. high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives. And if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, so as promised, definitely want to touch upon the Stanley Cup playoffs a little bit before we wrap up for today, and Avalanche Knights, that was the only game on the docket last night. That was the last of the second-round series to conclude. I am kind of disappointed that the Knights won. I mean, I like both teams, and I think no matter who would have won that series, I'd probably be rooting for them the rest of the way. Like, I'm probably going to root for the Knights the rest of the way at this point, But I really wanted to see a game seven. You know, that was such a good series, such good hockey, such good pace, such high intensity. I just felt like that series needed to go seven games. And it almost did. I mean, the final score was six to three nights. That doesn't really do justice to just how competitive that game was. It was tight all throughout. Neither team had a two-goal lead until the Knights went up 5-3 to three with about eight or nine minutes remaining, I think it was. And then, of course, they got the empty netter uh, near the end of the game as well. So the Knights are moving on. We'll get Knights and Canadians, and we'll also get Islanders and Lightning. I mentioned yesterday that Believe it or not, I think I'm actually kind of happy that the Islanders beat the Bruins. But don't think I'm going soft on you guys or anything like that because at this point, the Islanders have served their purpose and now they need to lose. I'm not particularly excited about having to root for the Tampa Bay Lightning, but it is what it is. The Islanders got to go down and I will definitely pull for the Tampa Bay Lightning to take them out in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think the Lightning probably will win that series. And then as far as, I mean, I said the Eastern Conference Finals. It's not really called that this year. Uh, It's just the NHL Semifinals, Stanley Cup Semifinals. Uh, As far as the other Semifinals... It's Canadians and Knights, and in that one, I mean, it kind of feels like a David and Goliath matchup with, you know, the Canadians playing David and the uh, Knights playing Goliath, but this kind of goes back to what I've always talked about in this podcast. I will never say, going into the Stanley Cup playoffs, that any team has no chance whatsoever because look where we are. Coming into the playoffs, I think of the 16 teams, a lot of people would have had the Canadians as probably the 16th best team and the 16th biggest threat to, uh, you know, win the Stanley Cup, and lo and behold, here we are. There's only four teams left standing, and they're one of them. Now, I realize a lot of people might point this out as well. Uh, It could be due to the fact, or at least due in part to the fact, that the Canadians play in the Northern Division, the Canadian Division, and that was of the four divisions this year that were kind of thrown together to you know, kind of cut back on travel. I would say that probably was the weakest of the four divisions. But be that as it may, uh, the Canadians, nobody had them going this far. They were down three games to one to the Toronto Maple Leafs. They come back and win that series, winning games five and seven on the road. And then they sweep the Jets, who themselves sweep the Oilers right before that. So it just goes back to the fact that You just never know what's going to happen, man, you know, and it seems like, once again, a David and Goliath matchup. I would think the Knights would have to be considered heavy favorites for that series, but again, who knows who's to say for sure uh, how that one's going to shake out, and as far as the schedule, you've got Islanders Lightning, they play game one at 3 p.m. on Sunday, Canadians Knights play game one at 9 p.m. on Monday, and there's a lot of games starting at 8 or 9, and in fact, actually... All of the playoff games in this round will start at 8 p.m. or 9 p.m., except for, of course, this first game between the Islanders and the Lightning on Sunday. But that's going to be a really exciting series, too, between the Islanders and Lightning. It's a rematch of last year's Eastern Conference Finals, which was won by the Tampa Bay Lightning in six games, actually in overtime. So... You know, a little bit of a contrast of styles. I mean, the Otters have actually been scoring some goals in the playoffs, but for the most part, they're kind of seen as the defensive, grinded out type team. The Lightning, I mean, it's just talent for days. And so that's kind of an interesting matchup there as well. We'll see how it plays out. As far as who I think is going to win these series, I mean, I'm going to go with the two teams that, without even checking the odds, that bet online. I'm going to say the Lightning and Knights have to be favored to win these series, and I think they ultimately will, and that would be a heck of a Stanley Cup Finals matchup. But, I mean, who's to say for sure? Expect the unexpected. It's a Stanley Cup playoffs. You never know what can happen, and it'll be very, very interesting. As far as who I want to win, like I said, uh, go Vegas Knights, and uh, the Islanders need to lose. Beyond that, it's kind of just whatever. I know, you know, the Canadians, I feel like a lot of people might be conflicted about them because especially if you're a ranger fan you know they are this ultimate underdog so that can be kind of fun but at the same time some ranger fans may not necessarily like them because they won all those stanley cups back in the day and of course in the 1979 stanley cup finals they beat the rangers in just five games and you know this is something i've been meaning to touch on as well i see some parallels between that 1979 new york ranger team talking to some of you guys and the uh 2014 new york ranger team the 79 team was before my time But, you know, kind of reading a little bit about that team and finding out more about them, you know, as this podcast has kind of uh, gotten off the ground, so to speak. And, you know, again, talking to some of you guys about that team, so many of you guys that I've talked to look back at that 79 team so fondly, and I get why, because it seems like to me, and again, I wasn't around then, but it seems like it was a team that Really overachieved, really exceeded expectations, and really made it a lot farther than I think a lot of people ever expected them to. And I think the same can be said of the 2014 team. I mean, I I know for sure that the same can be said of the 2014 team because, you know, the Rangers, they made the playoffs that year. They had a good team. But I think at best, you know, in the Eastern Conference, they were maybe, you know, the fourth favorite to make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. And then, of course, the way the season ended for both teams, they both lose in five games in the Stanley Cup Finals. They did everything they could. Uh, They just couldn't quite get the job done. And I think both of those final series were a little bit closer than the four games to one final would indicate. So there's definitely some parallels there. So I don't know. I mean, all that's kind of a long way of saying that I'm not sure how everybody feels about the Montreal Canadiens. I'm kind of just whatever about them. Um, Kind of the same thing. With the Lightning, I mean, I I don't really need to see the Lightning win the Cup two years in a row. Uh, So I'll be pulling for the Knights. You guys let me know, though. Who do you think is going to win? Who would you like to see win? Are there any other predictions you'd like to throw out there? I'd love to hear what you guys are thinking uh, about the Stanley Cup semifinals here and ultimately the Stanley Cup finals as well. We will see what happens. should be a lot of fun. If it's half as good as, you know, this past round was, then I think we're all in for a treat. The only thing I'll say about the Stanley Cup playoffs this year that— I wouldn't even say is necessarily a negative. It's just a very, very slight disappointment because the playoffs have been fantastic, as they always are. But we have seen 12 series conclude now, and there have only been two game sevens. And I feel like in most years, you might get like three game sevens, maybe even four game sevens if you're lucky. Uh, So hopefully... Everything else being equal, I'd like to see, uh, you know, some long series here and uh, just have some fun watching these games and have some fun rooting against the Islanders. So uh, that that's pretty much it for today, guys. Uh, we're going to look to bring some guests onto the show for you guys in the coming days and weeks. I've been in some conversations with a couple of different people that I'm looking to bring on here. That's kind of how it goes on here. You know, I'll kind of go a while without having any guests and then... You know, all at the same time, I'll kind of line up a bunch of guests all at once, and then it's nothing but having shows with guests on them. But that's cool. You know, it's it's always good to bring some different people on here and, uh, you know, get some other perspectives and just kind of freshen up the show a little bit in general. So once again, I'll continue working on that for you guys. Uh, The only other thing I want to mention real quick here was the Hart Trophy candidates for this season. And I'll kind of go through this quickly. It's not quite as exciting this year as it was last year, simply because, you know, our Timmy Panarin is not nominated. But the three finalists are Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, and Austin Matthews. By the way, all three of those teams are now eliminated from the playoffs. The Oilers, of course, were swept out of the first round. The Maple Leafs were up three games to one and lost to the Canadians, and the Avalanche just were done in by the Vegas Golden Knights in the second round, losing in six games, despite claiming the first two games of the series. They lost four in a row, and they're gone. Uh, but as far as the winner of this award, it's going to be Connor McDavid. I mean, it does go to the most valuable player. It could go to the most valuable player or the best player. I don't think it really matters. It has to be Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid this season had 105 points in 56 games. Second in the league was his teammate, Leon Draisaitl, who had 84 points. So Connor McDavid had a 21-point lead on the second-place guy. McDavid was at 1.88 points per game. I can't even do that in a video game. Believe me, I have tried. Uh, but And I know that MVP, it's about more than just points. But man, when you've got somebody who's 21 points ahead of the second-place guy and someone who is averaging nearly two points per game He's your MVP. He's your Hart Trophy winner. I can't for a second imagine that this would go to anybody except for Connor McDavid. And nothing against Nathan McKinnon or Austin Matthews. They're both great players. They both had great seasons. But I mean, Connor McDavid, despite the Oilers polling their annual disappearing act in the playoffs this year, he was far and away the best player and the most valuable player in the NHL this season. So it has to be Connor McDavid. Can't for a second imagine that it would go to anybody but him. But that's going to pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyranger.com. At gmail.com. Once again, that is locked on nyrangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well at lo underscore ny underscore rangers. Once again, that is at lo underscore ny underscore rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, does a college football playoff expansion hurt Notre Dame? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever. You get your podcasts.